0: all right everybody welcome back to the mission 300 podcast today brian and i are going to be going into the discussion a little more deep into the topic of strength that we discussed last week brian are you ready we're ready all right so i had one question to start this off because this podcast that episode was about strength and yeah i noticed you talked a lot about hearing but it was the topic of strength so how does hearing really tie into strength at this point
1: It's interesting throughout history of things that are created or things that are developed, it always comes because something was seen before and then it goes further. So even you could see this when Moses is taken up into the heavens and he sees a picture of the tabernacle and God says, build the tabernacle on the earth based on what you've seen here. And so everything we know to do or know how to function has been based on something we've heard or something that we've seen before. Now, do we have the capacity to go beyond that? Absolutely, but the awareness and the comprehension of it isn't there. So therefore, the more we can learn to hear and see from the one we trust what he sees and what he hears and develop that relationship, it exposes the capacity of the more that we can go do. For instance, when Samson's walking through the vineyard he had never known what his strength was he didn't know what his power was until the lion came out and all of a sudden he started discovering this piece which began to grow into something bigger we see that with david in uh in the sheep and the shepherding he had learned how to he probably had been taught how to how a shepherd deals with lions or a shepherd deals with bears, so he practiced his sling, he did those things, but again, words were told to him. He wasn't just thrown out into the field with a stick and a and a leather a leather strip and say make a go of it. He had to learn and hear some things. Now he went beyond that point with it. But there is a perspective, and so the more we can learn to trust the one that created us and designed us, the more we'll understand the full capacity of our strength. Uh, the other piece is like I like watching the probably the Strongest Man, which is David Goggins, and he had told a story about. Um, how he went from being 300 pounds to becoming a Navy SEAL and his whole story, and it's really a tremendous story. I would avoid yeah. the podcast because the language is a little unique, but the, <laughs> but the story is really powerful. And if you look at it, he said, what was the inspiration? What caused you to see something different? And it was watching Rocky IV, or excuse me, it was in Rocky, when um, uh, Apollo Creed stands before Rocky And Rocky gets up again after getting knocked down and Apollo gives this look like, you gotta be kidding, you're still coming. Mm. And he said, when he saw that image, he goes, that's what I want life to look like to me. That's how I want Mm. those around me to see. It's like, you're still coming. And so that created an imagery. So that's the natural point. So how much better if we can have an image of what our father, like he has so much more that we haven't even tapped into, but we've got to learn to hear that voice. So that is why I spent a lot of time on hearing.
0: Right. And even David Goggins, you would look at him, and most people would say he's a self starter, a self made man. He, you know, not knowing that part of his story before, he really seems like a person that just woke up one day, made a different decision, and started taking life by the horns, I guess. And he kind of developed that himself. But to know that he had an origin story, I guess you could say, if he had to have that moment, where he saw that strength in someone else or in something else. And then it inspired him or it encouraged him or however you want to put it. It filled him up with the strength to go and be what he is now.
1: Yeah, maybe a better way, maybe not a better way, but another way to say it is it revealed a capacity that was in him. And so he pursued that.
0: Yeah, I'd say that's a much better way to phrase it. You don't have to be shy about that. That's good. But it's, it's funny because we always, I guess in our society, we look at people as self-starters. And I think that's partially why we disconnect from them. At some point, we'll see this great person or hear this great story and we'll disconnect from it because we see them as someone who just kind of has it and did it. And we don't really connect with the fact that they had to see it in someone else or something else to realize it in themselves. And I think that is a big focal point for us because you look at coaching, you look at strength and hearing from a coach, a player has to hear something from a coach in order to receive that and and understand that they have the skill within them to rise up to it. But you don't see a lot of players in sports that are there by themselves. Like it's There's not a lot of sports where it's just you and you don't have a coach. You don't have... Like a ring coach, you don't have a coach on the sideline. Even in sports, you see this so, so thoroughly. And I I was wondering your perspective on it because you've done a lot of coaching in soccer.
1: Well, I think one of the best examples is Tiger Woods. Here his father used to go and do practice balls in the garage. And Tiger used to sit in his little chair and watch hour Mm -hmm. after hour. Was well, it a shock that by the time three years old comes along, he's starting to swing a club and his dad began coaching him and going through that? Now, I'm not saying just because someone who does it before you should do it, but it sparked something he wanted to do. And so he gave himself, but he started seeing the capacity of that. And even in coaching, there's players that like they hit a rut, like there's just something you, you look at him go, why are you not making that type of run or why yep. won't you use your other foot? I've seen you do it. I know you can do it. Why won't you do it? Because in that moment, in that time, something blocks over that I can't, I don't have that. And so doing exercises with them to get them to see that they can, then all of a sudden when they see it, man, then they explode and take off. But it's, it's not so much seeing even natural, the reason I use words and hearing voices, every word is a description of something you see. So when I give you a sentence, I'm seeing something in my head. It happens really fast over time, but I'm seeing something in my head. And so I'm trying to communicate an idea, communicate a thought, and we use language to paint the picture of what that is. So words really are not any more than a paintbrush of the thoughts of somebody else. hmm
0: yeah it's big. it reminded me of a story i was uh i was coaching youth basketball about a year ago and i remember it was it was a lot of fun and it was uh age range was like six to eight years old something like that so it was smaller kids but they were you know super active super quick and it was a lot of fun watching them and with kids in that range there's usually a couple that stand out when you have a group of 15 to 20 to 30 kids there's a couple that stand out that you know Their parents have been training them to play basketball and they've got some moves. They've got some skills. And then there's these kids that really enjoy it and want to be there, but don't have all the flashy gear. And there was this one kid named Kyle that I remember. And this was one of the coolest pictures of of this concept we're talking about here. He was the tallest kid in the entire class by a, a couple of inches at least, but he was kind of introverted and he didn't realize how tall he was. He was as quick as every other kid, but he didn't realize how quick he was because he hadn't really been trained a lot in playing basketball. But over the first few weeks, I was working with him and, you know, teaching him how to dribble, teaching him how to just hold the ball properly and to shoot. And when we got to scrimmaging, he would just kind of shrink back a lot. And there was a couple other kids on the team that would really kind of just shine and take the ball and, and all that stuff. And I remember halfway through the first game, I pulled him aside. I said, look, Kyle, you're the tallest kid out there. You're just as fast as every other kid. All you have to do is stand under the hoop and stick your hands up in the air. You're gonna get every rebound and you'll be able to put the shot back up and there's nothing they can do about it. After that, he, he did exactly that and his team ended up winning the game and he was dominating the rest of the entire game because he realized, oh wait, I actually do have this height. I actually do have this strength and I can do this. But it took the words of a coach that he trusted speaking into him and letting him know what he had for him to actually step out and do it. And it was the coolest thing to see because his whole demeanor changed after that point, he was enjoying the game more. He was involved with it. He was interactive. His parents were enjoying it more. It was just the coolest thing to see. And that applies to kids, but I think it applies to us too as adults. If someone isn't speaking that into you, someone that you trust, someone you could say an authority, then really, how are you supposed to find that strength on your own?
1: I, that story is so good and really creates the picture of why was that player doing something different? Why was he trying to mimic something else versus what he was? And when you just pulled out what his strength was, how much rest and the naturalness of doing it came? Um, I, I find it really, really fascinating when I we were pondering how and we had been talking about this and i was thinking about you know growing up in in church world and so love the church love church people just fyi but i was just i was picturing this for a moment why when usually usually when someone wants to grow in god and they want to do something for god they start looking for an example of what that is so it ends up being i'm going to go to bible school i'm going to become a pastor, a teacher. Um, I'm going to become something that I've seen before. Right? It, it's mm-hmm. those that are really and I, there's nothing wrong with that. I it it is great. But we we've made that the picture. But what if God is raising people up, and they're trying to look for how do I fit within your kingdom, God? How do I fit with your body? How do I how do I fit in those places? But I is that what I'm supposed to go after? And I think sometimes people are ambitiously going after those roles for the wrong reason, for the wrong picture. Mm-hmm. And it's unnatural, and then there's problems. And I remember when a um, this businessman named Peter Daniels came to our church when I was like 22 years old, and we were living in Phoenix. And here's this Christian business guy that lived the Scripture. And, and he went from fourth-generation welfare recipient to a man that actually lends money to nations for their banking and and this guy is was amazing and i'm sitting there listening to him going there's a whole nother world that there's a whole nother world of godly christian people to model after so how much more is available i also find it interesting that when samson was about ready to be born his father asked for the angel to come back and tell him what's his work of life and the angel says, you just worry about taking care of your wife. In other words, mm. you don't have a comprehension of what we're going to raise Samson into. Oh. I'm going to take care of that. And we don't want you trying to influence what that is. And so I think that's a great picture. Um, but it also brings us back to the point. when To learn our strength, we need to learn the voice of the one who authored our strength. And then that begins more of a natural outflow of who we're to be.
0: Yeah that's a good point because if you really think about it the vast majority of people you repeat the cycle of what you grew up in because that's what you heard and that's what you saw growing up and I think that's why it's so important that we have the right understanding of what it means to be born again. It's just kind of become a cliche term to us at least in the in the church world but if you understand it for what it is it means that you're no longer born of your natural family. You are now born of the family of God. So then our question has to be, okay, what does it look like to be a son, to be a daughter in the family of God? And for our, our context here, it can be kind of difficult to start to learn how to hear the voice of your father because we've spent our entire lives hearing a different voice, You know, hearing what we grew up with. So how do we practice hearing the voice of God? I mean, we, we see scriptures like, my sheep hear my voice, and that by itself just kind of leaves most of us with, okay, great, I struggled to hear your voice. Am I not really a sheep? So how do we practice hearing the voice of God?
1: Yeah, that's why I use the shark's sharks tooth story. And and again, I, I we need to learn to play. Like kids learn the voice of their parents by playing with them. I mean, you've never seen a... Mm-hmm a one-year-old just learning to walk, given a task to go take out the firewood or whatever, go get the firewood or go take out the trash or, you know, it's play. But part of that play is that interaction, it's trust, it's hearing the voice, it's learning to hear the words, and they don't understand all the words yet. They don't understand everything coming out of your mouth, but they're learning what it sounds like, what it hears, and that's why a mom, even a baby in, in another room when they hear mom's voice. Man, that, that baby turn, tunes up. They, they know oh, that yeah. voice. Now, they may not understand every word, but they do understand where the voice is coming from. And I, I think this becomes a very critical component of this. It would be no different than a, a professional boxer and the relationship with their ringman. That ringman is mm-hmm. critical to the boxer because the boxer can't see everything he's missing. So the ring man will pull him back and say, he's dropping his left shoulder. He's doing this. He's doing that. And that's when you take your shot. That's when you take your shot. Because in the middle of the, the fray, you, don't, you can't see everything. Your instinct will take over in your training, but you're not seeing everything. So having that little voice to bring that guidance. But that relationship between the ringman, because if the ringman says you need to go do something different, and you're like, I don't have the confidence to do that, but you know the ringman knows then you're like, all right, I'm going to go for it. And all of a sudden you see it come to pass. That's kind of what's what's going mm-hmm. on here.
0: So really developing that trust in that relationship in the first place, because the player won't listen to the coach if they don't trust the coach. I mean, you can look at a ton of examples in professional sports teams where the coach has lost the players because the players no longer trust the coach and the team just crumbles from there. But if you have, and this applies to basically every sport too. This is the cool thing. If you have a coach and a team of players that are committed to each other, that believe each other and trust each other, they will accomplish more with less talent than a more talented team with less cohesion and less trust. So really the question comes down to do we trust God enough to listen to his voice above other voices, would you say? I mean, I don't make it Don't want to make us seem like we're schizophrenic hearing all these different voices. But I mean, in a sense, we kind of do. We have a lot of voices speaking to us. There's an enemy out there. There's an adversary. There's people in the world that are constantly speaking things to us. So learning to discern that is so crucial, which is why I love your example of the shark's tooth. And I know you're going to dive into that a little bit more in the next episode. At least I hope so, I believe, right? Yes. Cool. Because that to me is such... A perfect picture of how to, not really escape, but how to get away from the other voices and just practice hearing the voice of your father. And I, it's not meant to be a story that we all go out and try to replicate exactly. Like we don't all have to go to that same beach and try to find shark's teeth. That's not the point. The point is get away with something small and work with your father on that and, you know, learn to hear his voice on that. You had also mentioned something
1: Well, let me add add something to that voice because I kind of want to demystify this thing. It's not like a phone call comes in your ear and you get official instructions of what to do next. And it's, it's not just a knowing. It is something different. So let me put it into an illustration everybody can relate to. You open up your checkbook and there's no money in there. And you have bills coming. What are the voices that go on inside your head at that moment? Hmm. What's it saying to you? How does it affect your mood? How does it affect your thoughts? You get the call that someone's sick and they have to go to the hospital. What goes on inside your head? What's the body responses to that? How do you take it? Do you, when someone calls you and says, hey, I got some news I gotta share. Is your first thought something negative or is your first thought something positive? When, when an action takes place with your boss and they said, hey, I'm going to make some adjustments in the, in the office, do you think phenomenal, new opportunities? Or, oh my gosh, we're going to get downsized and you know what, he's after me. And, and what thoughts, see, we always are listening to voices. I don't mean mm-hmm. a schizophrenic, you, you know what I'm talking about. When, when something good or bad, you know. All I'm saying is this relationship with the Spirit of God is the same type of thing like when you hear something like you 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 know something different you can start seeing something different and he's so smart he'll bring you ways that we he can get through our knuckleheaded minds at times we're not knuckleheads we have the mind of christ but sometimes our old man gets in the way and we become knuckleheads and so he can see through that to help us open our eyes and that's why all of scripture is really about our eyes being open our eyes Mm -hmm. being open, open the eyes of my heart. They were blinded in their eyes. Everything was about an eye opening, which is basically being able to see and hear.
0: Part of it relates back to focus too. And I'm glad you mentioned that because it's something that's come up in a few different circles the last couple weeks for me. We don't really focus on everything we see as much as we do, just in a physical, natural sense. When you walk into a room, you think you see everything in the room, but you really don't. You see what is going to be conducive to accomplishing the goal that is on your mind at that time. So if I walk into the kitchen and I'm hungry and I wanna make a peanut butter and banana sandwich, I don't see everything in the kitchen. I, I might think I do, but I really don't. I only really see those things that are gonna help me make a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Even if it might be something extreme in the kitchen that's misplaced. My brain just won't process it the same way as it will process the things that are going to help me accomplish my goal. And I think one thing for us to to kind of keep in mind is what our focus is on. At least for me, it was very easy for the enemy to distract me and keep me away from focusing on the important things and thereby allowing me or keeping me from hearing the voice of God as much or as To the degree that I guess we say I should be. Because I had all these other focuses.
1: And I think that would fall into the criticalness of don't try to learn to hear his voice in deep, serious matters. I'm not saying don't listen. I'm not saying don't expect a miracle. I'm not saying if you don't develop all your strengths right, God's not going to show up on your behalf. That's not true. He's so merciful. He's so miraculous. I'm saying there's something better within the relationship that can take you to another place and practicing when it doesn't matter because your brain won't be tunnel visioned. You're wide open. You're, you're like, okay, here we are. Something new. Show me something new in all this. Mm -hmm.
0: And it's like anything, it takes practice, like you said. And so I, what I loved about your story with the shark's tooth is it didn't get resolved the first time you visited there. And so many times We'll try to practice these things and we don't get the result that we're thinking we need to get in the moment. And then afterwards, we feel like we failed or we missed God or we did something wrong. And then we'll kind of leave it on the shelf and maybe revisit it a year later or down the road when something bad happens. But it's so comforting to know, just like you said, that God's a loving Father and He wants to meet you where you're at. And so if something crazy comes up, He wants to meet you where you're at. He doesn't expect you to have everything perfect, everything figured out, and then come to him. You know, it's not like he's sitting behind the counter with his with his clipboard, making sure you got everything checked off the list before he'll interact with you. Man, if I interacted that way with my kids, like when I get home from work, I've got a few young toddlers. If I get home from work and before I talk to them or play with them, I say, well, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? They're gonna be so disappointed and disconnected and it will, honestly, it will kill the fun the second I approach
1: them that way. For sure. For sure. You know, something it was just kind of picturing me, you know, this, as far as practicing, some people go, I don't even know where to begin. And so if you have a wrong view of God or the Father's been something that's been a negative view, everything starts with scripture. It says the Holy Spirit will reveal all the words that Jesus spoke. So if you take the book of John, and you start reading through it, and you just find something that don't you don't go in there looking for, I got this big problem. What's that Twitter post I can find to find hmm. some kind of promise that God's going to solve this problem, and then I'm going to hold him yeah. to it. But there's no relationship in that, and he's trying to expose new things to you. But if you just took the book of John and find some story with Jesus in it, and imagine yourself in the story, feel the, like if it's the storm, feel the waves, feel the the rain, feel the wind, what was it like, what was that boat like, what was the, and you start shaping that imagery of what's going on and all of a sudden you're, it's almost like it becomes a movie and you could, there's an understanding. What was the culture like, what did they think like, how did they, what would it have been like to be a professional fisherman that had lived on the sea and then this storm emerges out of nowhere. Boy, if they were scared, what was that like, you know? And so all of a sudden you start going into that and that is where your brain starts connecting the visual versus just letters on a page. And this happened, but we don't know the why it happened or the the people's perspective going on during the time that it was taking place.
0: So to kind of summarize this, we have these strengths that we've been given, but we need, we need a I guess a different picture or a more clear picture on what it looks like to recognize these things and to walk in them. So is there an example you had in your mind of a picture of that where someone's realizing that recognizing it and, and taking a step in that?
1: Yeah, that's great. And one thing I was going to comment too that you were saying earlier about this, is why we need to be born again. Once you're born again, your spirit becomes whole. So you're no longer a broken person trying to be fixed. You're whole. Needing a new picture of what life is to look like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which gives a whole nother perspective. So let's take, I think the great imagery. So back to your question, the the great imagery, I think the centurion that met Jesus um, on the road, on where Jesus says, man, I've not seen this kind of faith. No, not in Israel. So when I say faith, I mean confidence in the source. So you have faith in God, which faith in the Lord, that his words our truth. So that's, the centurion knew this. So to be a centurion for 20 years, the reason their helmets were shaped in a way to keep their ears exposed was so they could hear the commands along the line. Mm -hmm. And so he understood authority. He understood how to hear. I don't mean authority like this submissive authority. You will do what I say to do in this blind authority. I'm talking about the authority that brings order and alignment to who you are and the thing you're about ready to face and the, the direction of something higher than you. So that's what I mean by authority. And he had so he had, he had utilized this. like he would say go and his servants would have to go. his soldiers would have to go. He understood the art of command and the art of uh, knowing those words. He had trained in it, he had warred in it. He had been in battle with, with as a centurion, with men alongside that his one word would direct and he had to make sure he could articulate how that word works so that the the columns knew how to shift and how to adjust in order to keep them alive and be able to win a battle. So he understood this whole concept as a centurion in the city, he had developed this this idea of hearing that he was actually a one of the leaders of the city. He could command an army to come in to overthrow the Jews if he wanted to. He had, that, that that understanding of the authority above him or the words in the picture of the one above him and his ability to operate in those things and what was at his disposal. When he saw Jesus, he understood the power of his words. And he said, I just need you to speak that word. And if you give permission, everything will change. And that's really what he was saying. And so when we look at his strength, it came first from not because he was just a roman and had power there it came from learning to hear and so that's what becomes critical in this this whole piece and i think that is just really a great picture and a side note on that there's two stories about the centurion and it's written in two two separate gospels one says he sent a messenger to jesus the other Mm -hmm. says he went to jesus why would they differentiate the two because it didn't matter whether he physically went or sent a request. The word, the, the word and the, the action were one in the same. It didn't matter. It was the same. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes crystal clear that for us to develop our strength and our ability and our roles here on this earth and everything else that's been bestowed onto us through our name and our identity and our inheritance, we have to master the hearing because it dictates everything else because that's what shapes the picture for us to move forward in.
0: Man, that is such a cool picture and I feel like that's a really good place to leave this one for now. So we appreciate all you guys listening in today. Uh, We're gonna continue this conversation on strength. We have a few more episodes to cover on that and I'm really excited for what we're diving into. I'm learning a ton from this and I hope you guys are too. So uh, make sure you can reach out to us on social media. You can visit the website, outboundlife.org. You can comment on the podcast uh, and find us on Facebook as well under Outbound Life. See you next time.